The scent of terror. The alarm blast in his ears after the fifth snooze of the morning. Realizing he's overslept for the third time this week, he decides to slam the snooze button and skip the gym this morning. It's Thursday, he thinks to himself. No, wait, it's Thursday. He jumps out of bed, rushing around the apartment. He grabs the keys off the counter, his gym bag from the stool, and darts out the door. His phone rings from the gym bag. He fumbles for the bag while watching the road. A black cat runs out in front of the car. Craig marks three X's on his windshield, circles the X, and smudges and spits into the circle. Aloud, he says, Not today, evil cat. He pulls up to the gym, looking around the parking lot. He parks next to a canary yellow Jeep Wrangler with pink striping down the sides. On the windshield of the Jeep, upside-down letters read, If you can read this, please roll over. He jumps out of his car, flexes his well-toned chest in reflection, drops to the ground, and performs a couple push-ups before Matt walks to his car. She's already started class, bro. You have time to get pumped before she comes out. Man, you got it bad, don't you? Craig jumps up. Hey, man, what are you working on today? Matt replies, Chest and buys. You want in? Uh, yeah, said Craig. I've been slacking this week, staying up too late online. The new release of Alex Galaxy came out Sunday night. Well, you're pulling your own weight, slacker. I'm not pulling plates all morning, replied Matt. Craig chuckles as he replies, <laughs> Yeah, good one, bro. As they walk through the entrance door, Craig begins looking around the gym. I told you, bro, she's already in class, said Matt. They run through their normal lifting routine. Craig looks to the doors leading from the cardio room, says to Matt, I'm going to get some cardio before work. I will catch you later. Matt continues to the locker room, leaving Craig to the treadmill section next to the exit. Craig jogs at a steady pace for about two minutes. When the spin class lets out and people begin to pile out of the aerobics area, he watched until a tall, blue-eyed blonde came through the door carrying on about a meal preparation service that has opened up in town. Then, acting as though he hasn't noticed her, shuts off the treadmill and wipes the sweat from his brow. He is looking down at the floor for the first time this morning. He peeks over to her to see her walking into the ladies' locker room. Craig darts into the men's locker room, quickly showers, then races back to the lobby before completely dry, causing his shirt to stick on his back. Not only that, but he reaches over his shoulder trying to get it down. He then turns the head back to the dressing room. Here, let me help you. She stands before him. He scampers. Uh, no, I got it. Thank you. And continues to fray. She grabs his thick shoulder and turns him away from her, pulling the shirt down. Um, uh, thank you. Said Craig as he turned to her face. His eyes locked onto hers. A long, silent stare until he yelped aloud. Uh, well, thanks. And turned to walk off as a shy, scared schoolboy would. He caught himself and turned back to her. I'm sorry. Something about you causes me to go goofy. I only came here today because I knew you would be teaching the class this morning. I wanted to ask you out for dinner tomorrow evening. Taken back, her head goes left to right, then back. Well, that was abrupt. Craig, shook by her response, stumbled for words, but pushes out. Um, you know my friend Matt, right? Yeah, I know Matt. I've seen you guys working out together. But do you even know my name? Of course I know your name. It's Audrey. Oh, wait. My name is Craig. She smiles and replies, I asked Matt who you were two weeks ago. Sorry, I have plans for tomorrow night. Craig was taken back, not expecting that response, replies, Oh, well, of course you are. All right, well, have a great day then. He turns to walk away. I can go Saturday if you're not busy. A giant smile fills his face, a smile so wide you can barely see his baby blue eyes. He shakes her hand and heads for the door. You want my number? She cries out. Oh, yeah. As he turns back around and hands her his phone, she looks down at his phone and enters her number into his contacts. Nice wallpaper. 
she says as she hands his phone back. Six months later, Craig has made reservations at Salavina's for the next available table, which is in two weeks. He sits at the table nervously, tapping his newly shined dress shoes on the pristine floor, fiddling with his white folded napkin. She enters the restaurant, taken back by her beauty. He smiles. They make eye contact as she approaches the table. Her eyes are full of tears as she tries not to cry. Noticing this, he rushes to meet her halfway. What is it, Odd? Are you okay? No longer able to hold back, now the tears start to flow down her cheeks. She whimpers, I'm pregnant. Before Craig can say a word, she starts to explain herself. I don't know how this could have happened. I'm sorry, Craig. What do I do? Craig stares at her in silence. She waits for him to speak. The stare goes on for what seemed like a lifetime before his eyes fill with tears. She leans her head into his chest. I'm sorry. Craig pushes her back slowly and stands. He turns away and gathers his thoughts. Audrey lowers her head, looking at the floor. He turns to her and drops on one knee. He tries to speak, but the words won't come out. Craig clears his throat and says, Audrey, I brought you here to surprise you with this tonight. He pops out an engagement ring. He looks into her eyes, both crying. Now he continues. I hope to make you the happiest person, besides myself, that is, on this planet tonight by asking you to become my wife. Nothing could have prepared me for this. It may not be the best time for a child, but if you will allow me to walk this journey with you, I promise I'll do everything in my power to make you happy, keep you and our child safe until the day I die. I've loved you from the beginning and will forever walk beside you if you will have me. Audrey reaches for Craig's hand. Her eyes fill with light as she smiles. Yes, Craig, she replies. The crowd at the restaurant begins to cheer. Months later, Audrey is starting to show and has to change to maternity clothing. She has begun to wobble to each side as she walks toward the mailbox of the loft apartment where they have been staying since marriage. Craig pulls into the drive and runs back to her. He consoles her. Baby, you should let me get it. You have enough on your plate. She looks at him and continues to walk toward the loft. He cries out. Wait, I have something to show you. Get in the car. Audrey hops in the car. They drive for about an hour. She looks over at him. Where are we going, Craig? I have to pee. He looks over at her and smiles. We're almost there, honey. They pull into a drive of a two-story Victorian home. She asks Craig, Whose house is this? He jumps out of the car and rushes to her side. Welcome home, my love. She looks at him with a look of surprise. But how? He walks next to her, guiding her to the door, where he hands her the keys. She opens the door and walks in. Her stomach starts to cramp, and she bends over. Craig reaches for her, escorting her to sit on the fireplace. She rubs her hands on her belly and says to him, I've got to get to the bathroom. He helps her up and then to the toilet. He apologizes for having her come out here. I'm sorry I brought you way out here, dear. She stands up and hugs Craig, whispers in his ears, I love it and I love you. Now show me the rest of our home. He pulls back from her and says, Are you sure? Yes. She points toward the door, directing him to leave. They walk into the master bedroom. Audrey lies on the bed looking up at the ceiling. I love it she explains. Craig, standing, looking out the window, starts to shrug his nose. What's that smell? Oh, oh my, that's horrible. Something must have died in the attic or something. She looks confused at him. I don't smell anything. Craig looks back at her, coaching with his hand over his mouth, making a vomit sound. <gasps> Let's get out of here. The baby must have messed up your senses or something. She gets up, walking toward the door. I need to see the baby's room in the kitchen before we go so I could plan. He follows behind her, holding his nose. They get to the kitchen, looking through the pantry. She looks at him. 
I love it. But how did you... He puts his finger over her lips and says, I haven't locked us into anything. I wouldn't do that without discussing it with you. But the bank has approved it. All we have to do is sign the contract. She smiles and points to what must be the baby's room. As they are walking out the door, he stops covering his mouth. Oh God, there it is again. What in the world is that? Audrey lets him know that her father knows a home inspector that will come check out the house. A few months later after the baby is born, Craig is sitting in the recliner above Audrey as she lays the baby on the floor to change her diaper. Craig, not paying attention, suddenly pulls his head back out of his phone and says, Oh my, what has she done down there? <laughs> That's a bad one. What did you feed her, roadkill? Audrey presents a clean diaper to Craig and asks him, What are you talking about? It's empty. She then says, Whomever smelt it, dealt it. He waves his hand in front of his nose. Maybe you should check your shorts, babe. He rushes off to the kitchen, returning blasting air freshener over the lady's head. Audrey, looking concerned, says, You know that I don't smell anything, right? Maybe you're having some sinus issues. Craig jokingly replies, If you don't smell that, maybe you need to get yours checked. They continue the day uneventful. That evening, Matt and his new girlfriend drop by the house for a visit. Craig starts up the grill. Matt joins him on the deck. He asks, So how's family life treating you, brother? Craig replies, Life couldn't be better. Where'd you meet Barbie? As he points his beer top toward the new girlfriend, Matt replies, Her name is Melissa. It just so happens she took Audrey's place leading the spin class. They continue to converse on the deck until Craig leads Matt inside carrying the stakes. They all have a seat at the table, giving Melissa the entire story of the guy's past and boasting over adventures from their time in the service. A curling scream travels down the hall from the nursery. Audrey jumps up, looks to Craig as he jumps up. I'll get her, explains as she head to the room. She returns to the kitchen holding Jessie on her shoulder, patting the young girl's back in comfort. Melissa stands and walks next to her, leaning in to get a look at the baby. She whispers to Audrey, Aw, she's so cute. What a little angel. Thank you. Audrey replies. Craig interrupts. Hey, I had a little something to do with that angel. Audrey rolls her eyes at him. We know you did, dear. Audrey walks over to Craig and places Jesse in his hands. Craig, taken back by the smell, says under his breath, You could have changed her. Yuck. Sorry, guys. As he walks out of the room, he begins to make gagging sounds as he leaves the dining area. <coughs> Audrey follows. What are you doing? Give her to me, he says to her as she walks away. How do you stand that smell, Audrey? She angrily scowls at him, whispering, There is no smell. you got to get this checked out. You're going to give Jess a complex. Craig returns to the kitchen where Matt and Melissa are having an obvious romantic moment. Sorry to interrupt, and sorry for that smell. She gets like that sometimes. Matt looked puzzled. I didn't smell anything, bro. Melissa chimed in. I didn't either. You must just have a sensitive sniffer. Craig, looking confused, states, I honestly can't believe that I'm the only person that smells it. She smells so bad. When it gets like that, it makes me feel sick to my stomach. Melissa, looking concerned, states, I heard of a psychic who wrote an article about a smell relating to the afterlife. I can't remember exactly. I was at a doctor's office. It was the last magazine on the rack. You should search it. The men make eye contact, then chuckle. Dismissing her statement, Matt and Melissa return to the city, leaving Craig and Audrey and Jessica alone in the house. Relaxing in the living room, Audrey lays Jesse down on the floor. Craig admires his beautiful wife, smiling as he looks down at Jesse, trying to roll over, but not quite there yet. Suddenly, Craig grabs his nose again. How can something so beautiful smell so bad? Audrey turns to scold him for saying it out loud for Jesse to hear. 
As she scolds him from the corner of his eyes, he sees Jesse lift inches off the floor. Crashing back to the floor, a thud pulls Audrey's attention to the baby. Craig jumps to his feet. Did you see that? What? She asks. Craig, with an angry, fear-stricken expression, cries out. She just levitated off the floor. Audrey, rocking the baby in her arms to console her, just looked at him as if she didn't hear him due to the screaming of the child. He scampers around in circles, not taking his eyes off the two women he loves. He starts to gag again, rushes off to the bathroom. Halfway down the hall, he notices that he no longer has the urge to vomit and that the smell has completely disappeared. He calls to Audrey. Audrey, could you come here, please? She lays Jesse in the playpen and continues down the hall to her husband. He sniffs at her. It's not you. Could you go get Jess and bring her to me? I'm just trying to do a little experiment. Audrey, with a look of concern on her face, quickly returns with the baby girl. Craig's face turns sour. He places his hand over his mouth and darts into the bathroom. Audrey yells out, You're being overly dramatic, don't you think? She returns Jesse to the playpen. Craig rushes to his office, looks to ensure Audrey is not following him. The only light in the room is the computer screen flashing on his face. He searches the web for answers to what might be happening to this beautiful baby girl he so gallantly took an oath to protect. After searching several medical sites looking for what might be causing the odor, the search bar begins to fill with the words, psychic who relates smell to afterlife. Many articles fill the screen. He settles on an article written by a self-proclaimed psychic medium in the city he moved from. The printer starts printing the address and phone number of the author. Craig spends the entire evening in his office before snatching the laptop up and heading to the nursery, continuing to stare at the screen as he walks. Audrey walks up behind him. He slams the laptop down. She asks, What are you looking at? Looking guilty of something, he says. Just trying to figure out why our baby smells so bad. She quickly realizes she didn't want to know, turning her head away, symbolizing her disgust with the topic. Craig lays the computer down and picks up Jesse. She's sleeping with us tonight, Mommy. Ain't that right, Jess? He carries Jesse to the room and puts her in the middle of the bed. Craig turns to grab an extra pillow from the foot of the bed. He reaches for them and Jesse slides to the side of the bed furthest from him. Craig rushes around the king-size bed asking Jess, Where are you going, honey? He places the pillows on both sides of Jessie and lays down beside her. Audrey enters the room, laying down on her side of the bed. She says to him, I saw the articles you've been reading on the laptop. You think something is going on, don't you? Craig replies, It has to be odd. I know it seems crazy, and it might be my sinuses, as you say, but everything else seems normal. She rolls to Jessie, puts her hand over her cheek, and says, You do what you think you need to do. I think maybe you should talk to someone. In an irritated tone, he replies, You mean a shrink? Maybe, she replies. He rolls over into a fresh diaper. Noticing that the diaper smells better than his child, he drapes it over his face. The next morning, leaving the house, he explains to Audrey that he is going to the city, causing her to believe he is going to Matt's. He pulls up to a small office building. On the office door, it reads, Palm reading, psychic median, and paranormal removal experts. He crinkles up the paper he printed up and throws it into the floor. He throws the car in drive, and as he pulls forward, a man slams on the hood. The man is mouthing something to Craig. Craig jumps out of the car, asking the man, Are you okay? The man continues to mouth something, still looking in the driver's seat of the car. Craig puts his hand on the man's shoulder and asks again, Are you all right, sir? The man turns to Craig and begins to cry. Craig, with a frantic look of panic but trying to remain calm, says to the man, Here, let me call for help. He fumbles for his phone. The man grabs Craig's face with both hands. Your wife and daughter are in great danger. Craig leans his hand back to the side. What do you mean by that? Is this some kind of sick way you guys get money from people? 
You guess right. I do have a wife and daughter, you sick prick. Craig walks to get back in the car. From behind him, he hears the man say to him in a quiet voice, The entity is attached to Jesse. He wants her. Craig takes an offensive stance. What do you mean he wants her? The man walks to the passenger seat and says to Craig, Come, we must hurry. Your family is not safe. Craig unlocks the man's door, allowing the man to enter. The race for what seemed like eternity to get home. At the entrance of the house, the median closes his eyes and stumbles on the threshold. Craig catches the man before he hits the floor. The man regains composure and looks to Craig, saying, This entity has been with this house for a very long time. He sees your daughter as a way out. They continue through the house until they get to the nursery. Again, the man trembles at the doorway. He has spent many nights in this room watching over her anticipating his entry into this world through her. Craig notices the house is dreadfully quiet, begins to search the house for his wife and daughter. He enters a room he shares with Audrey, where he finds a note on his pillow. It reads, Craig, my love, I have taken Jesse to my parents for an extended visit. I know we talk about everything, but I feel like you need to talk to someone about this obsession. I would walk through the fires of hell with you, Craig, and you know this. But Jessie doesn't deserve the emotional distress you are placing upon her. I love you, and I always will. Audrey. Craig drops his head in disbelief. He sits down on the bed, cowering. The medium walks into the room and says, We have a problem. He rushes over to Craig. Where's your wife and child? We must get to them. Craig looks to the man. She left me. She took Jess and went to her parents. The man starting to the door. We have to go get them now. The entity is attached to her. He won't let her go until he enters this world. They are in danger. Craig pulls the phone from his pocket. He calls Audrey, but no answer. The two men make haste to the car. Audrey's phone is going to voicemail time after time. He leaves her several messages before she finally listens to them. The messages tell her that Jesse is in danger from an entity and she needs to bring Jesse home. Audrey fills her parents in on the situation as Craig tells her he is on his way. Audrey's father takes the phone as it continues to ring. He answers the phone. Craig, it's Ray. Audrey can't talk right now with all this bullshit you're spouting about my granddaughter. You show up here and I'm calling the police. Craig begs Ray to put Audrey on the phone, but he refuses repeatedly. Craig hears Audrey crying in the background, and knowing her limits, he hangs up. Craig stops in the middle of the road, putting his hands over his face. The median puts his hands over Craig's knees. We will get your daughter back. Craig was taken back by his comment, shudders, and says, Back? What do you mean back? The medium looks into Craig's eyes. She is trapped in his world now. We need to get her before he's able to cross over into this world. He is searching, but doesn't know how to. It won't take him long to figure it out, but we need to act quickly. They stop at the hotel in the town where her parents live along the beach. Not sleeping for two days, Craig dozes off in a chair. At the parents' house, Audrey and Jesse lay down on Audrey's childhood bed. Audrey staring up at the ceiling blankly. Audrey lies sleeping. The covers begin to rise above Jessie. The covers sliding over her face awaken Audrey. She opens her eyes screaming. The transparent figure of a man with horns is floating over Jessie. Looking down at her, Audrey jumps out of the bed, placing her back against the wall. She stares at the figure not moving. It's floating over Jessie as if it's thinking. She jolts forward and yanks Jessie's arm, pulling her into her arms. Audrey screams a bloody curling, Daddy! For her father. He rushes in. She turns to him. What is it? He says. He searches the room with his eyes. She turns back to the bed, but the figure is gone. What is it? 
She searches in the nightstand, grabbing her phone. She's dialing Craig. He is sleeping in the chair, not a noise in the room other than the phone vibration. One ring, two rings, three rings, then four. Suddenly, the median wakes to scream the same blood-curling scream just as Audrey had earlier. Craig jumps as the man pulls at him. We have to go. He's getting closer. We have to get to her now. The two men rush out of the room, leaving everything, including the phone. Craig bursts through the doors at his in-law's house. He walks past her parents, asking as he walks, Where are they, Ray? Ray, still stunned by the events of earlier replies. They went home. Back to your house. Craig rushes over to the car. He drives tirelessly through the night until reaching the office of the median. He rushes in, retrieving several items before returning to the car. They spin off driving recklessly to the home of Craig and Audrey. Craig attempts to open the door but it won't budge. He picks up a chair from the porch and sends it crashing through the living room window. He cries into the window as he enters. Audrey, Jess, are you in here? The median follows close behind him. A green haze fills the hallway with a light gorging from the nursery. Craig busts into the room and he finds no one in there, only a circular opening that seems to be hovering over the wall behind the crib. The median walks to the spear with his hands up. He yells out to Craig. He has opened the portal to our world. The only thing he needs now is your daughter to make him whole. We must shield her. Where is she? Craig yelled back over to the loud noise coming from the spear. I don't know. We left my phone at the hotel. Suddenly, the light emitting from the spear glows bright, causing them to look away. Craig hears Audrey scream his name from down the hall. He yells, Audrey, stay back. Whatever you do, don't come in here. About that time, a demon-looking figure with horns emerged from the spear, reaching to the door. Reaching into his bag, the medium pulls out an old book. He opens to a marked page, looking as though he knows exactly what we're dealing with and raised his hands toward the figure and begins shouting. Unrecognizable deep tones seem to shrink the spear with each sound. Audrey standing outside the nursery, staring at the green haze emitting from the outline of the door. The door seemingly implodes into the room, revealing the median, and Craig holding on to items in the room, trying not to be sucked into the spear. Audrey begins to hover over the ground, holding Jesse into her arms, and she's panics as she is being pulled into the spear. The median yells violently toward the opening, trying to yell loud enough to be heard over the defining buzzing emitting from the spear. She begins to pick up the pace toward the opening, just as she approaches the opening and begins to shrink in size. Before she is pulled in, Craig dives over, grabbing Jesse by the arm. Audrey has disappeared into the now-vanishing spear. He looks into the median in fear. Where is she? What do we do now? Craig puts Jesse to his shoulder in the attempt to calm her screaming. The median guides Craig out of the room with a pointed index finger toward the door. He puts his finger over his mouth to instruct Craig to be silent. The motion for Craig to follow. They enter the living room. The medium explains. He's confused. This gives us a few minutes to get Jesse out of here before he realizes what has happened. I must take her far away to protect her. I have a place in my office. You are the only one that can help Audrey now. Once he figures out that Jesse isn't with her, he will open the spear in search of her. This will be the only time you have to save her. Get in and get out. You won't have long. Craig says, What will it look like in there? How will I find her? The medium says, It's different for everyone, but you will know. It is formed from the fears of the person that enters. The medium darts out of the room. Craig stands staring intently at the wall, perfectly still waiting. 
Suddenly, from the ceiling, another spear opens up. Craig rushes to push the crib under the spear. Climbing inside, he dives into the spear. Upon entering, he realizes he is in the attic of his childhood home. Why would this be one of my fears, he asks himself as he's looking around calling for Audrey. Audrey! Audrey! Audrey, honey! Where are you? He continues toward a beam of light that looks like a flashlight pointing at him looking through the thrustles of his old house. He tries to block the blinding beam from his eyes with his hand. Audrey! Audrey! He gets closer and makes out a face, the face of his father. He walks toward the face when he notices the beam of light is locked on him. He watches as his father raises a gun and points it at him. Dad! Dad! It's me! Then he notices a child pop his head into the attic. He quickly remembers that event and begins to run into the darkness attempting to get away from the light. It's the night his father made him kill the raccoon that had made a home in our attic. He watches from the darkness as the raccoon stands at the food my father has placed there to lure the hungry creature with. The man hands the gun to young Craig. The boy tries to hand it back, explaining he didn't have a good shot, but the father helps with the aiming, instructing young Craig to take the shot. A loud shot rang out. The bullet pierced the rear of the animal, leaving its rear paralyzed. Trying to get away from danger, the animal clawed with its front claw, dragging the rear. Shoot him again and put him out of his misery. Yelled the father. Craig, with the animal in his sights, only watched as the critter suffered. Tears began to form in young Craig's eyes. The father jerks the gun from him and ends the suffering of the small animal. The father then instructs the boy, Get up there and clean up that mess so it doesn't start smelling. The father leaves the attic ladder, leaving young Craig staring in shock at the harmless animal he had just taken part in the killing. Young Craig creeps to the raccoon. Dreading the task at hand, he picks up the limber body and holds it like a baby. Blood begins to drip from the young Craig's forearm. Old Craig suddenly snapped out of it. He states aloud, Audrey! Audrey! He rushes down the attic stairs, looking around, expecting to see his mom sitting at the recliner next to his dad's. Instead, he finds himself in the middle school gym locker room. From somewhere in the distance behind him, he hears a faint sound of Audrey crying out his name. Craig, Craig, help me! He turns to run for Audrey, but as he rounds the lockers, there stands Johnny Smith. Johnny's the boy who tormented Craig all through elementary and middle school. His little posse of cavemen by his side, Craig today no longer fears these boys. He is tall and in better physical shape than most men his age. He walks out from behind the lockers to only be standing naked outside the locker room of the gym floor, just as he had when Johnny pushed him out in the seventh grade. He covers himself, tries to go back into the locker room, but it's locked. He hears the faint cry of his beloved wife from beyond the crowd. He takes running to remember he has only a small amount of time to save her. Audrey! 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 He yells as he slides past the bleachers to be standing at the casket of his mother's funeral. He's taken back by the sight of her lying there. She looks so peacefully after all the years of listening to his father's constant tongue lashings as he was so known for. The sound again in the distance sounded more desperate than the other cries. He runs behind the casket covering the bare brick wall in the dipping pool for the baptisms. He finds himself in the hospital room. It doesn't look familiar at all. He looks down at the patient in the bed. It's Audrey. She looks slightly older than normal, but not yet a senior citizen. She calls to him from the bed. Craig, is that you? I wondered if you would come. Craig replied, Why would I not, my love? I thought your new wife wouldn't allow you to. Just then, he hears another cry from behind the wall. The older Audrey that is holding hands with him suddenly tightens her grip. He pulls to get loose, but isn't able. He looks down to his hand, but the horrifying figure is holding it now. 
He jerks, attempting to get loose, but it's no use. Suddenly, the figure leaps from the bed, flying through the ceiling, pulling Craig with it. The darkness is now blinking. He is so high now in the sky that the only thing certain is gravity is pulling at him. The creature releases his hand. He seems to hang in midair until rapidly descending to the floor. Waving his arms, trying to stay upright. He sees the light getting closer beneath him. He hears the faint voice of his wife. He calls for her. Audrey! Audrey! He sees her running from something but can't make out what it is. He lands in a black pool of black mush. Craig struggles to free himself from the ooze, but it's too thick. Finally, emerging from the ooze, he lies on his back on the side of the pool, looking up to the black sky free of even a dim star. Feeling exhausted and defeated, he closes his eyes for a brief second. He begins replaying the day he asked Audrey to marry him, how he had promised her that he would protect her until the day he died. He heard a voice cry out again, but fainter than ever. He springs up out of the daze, running faster than he had since childhood toward the faint cry. He passes through the darkness, shedding the ooze of the drips from him. He comes to a hole in the darkness. He peers through the hole, and just beyond the darkness stands Audrey. He tears at the darkness. The hole gets larger as he claws at it. The hole is large enough now for his head to fit through. He yells for Audrey. She reaches for him. The green haze pulls at her arm. He fights through until his shoulders are through the light. He struggles until he's finally able to go through. He races to Audrey. The haze fills the air thicker between them. Craig, allowing the love for his wife to overtake the fear, rams his hand through the haze and takes Audrey's. The haze disappears. Craig leads her through the obstacles back to the spear in the nursery. They step into the room of their baby girl. The portal closes. The noise stops. They look into the eyes of each other. Audrey says to Craig, You came back for me. Of course I did. She licks her lips and bows her head in shame. I'm so sorry I doubted you. How could you ever forgive me? Craig chuckles. You did what you thought you had to protect Jesse. I would never expect any less. I love you, Audrey. She puts her head on his shoulder. And I love you. He pulls back from her. Now let's go get Jesse. Craig and Audrey sell the house and move to the beach down the street from her parents. Craig takes a job at Ray's garage repairing cars. He returns home one night to see a red light flickering from Jesse's room. He busts through the door to see Audrey reading a bedtime story to Jessica sitting next to a candle. Audrey looks up at him and puts her finger over her mouth and whispers, She's almost asleep. The power's out. He backs away, making his way to the kitchen, grabbing a beer from the refrigerator, and then he flops down on the sofa. He sits quietly, listening to her soft voice bouncing down the hall. Hours later, he awakens to join Audrey in the bed. Audrey whispers to him, I didn't want to wake you. You look so comfy. Craig lays next to his wife. A green haze comes from under the cover. He smells the horrid smell. He jumps up out of bed, screaming. He looks down at Audrey, expecting the worst. She looks up at him and asks, Everything all right, honey? He lays back down, realizing he was dreaming. As he closes his eyes, she opens hers. The green light starts to emit from the covers. Audrey stares blankly at the ceiling, not blinking. 